Hello, welcome to Leading with Grace, the podcast for women going through separation and divorce. My name is Hio, and I'm your host. I'm a certified life and spiritual mastery coach. And here, I get to show you how your divorce doesn't have to be devastating, but that actually, it could be the means of greater discipleship with your Savior, Jesus Christ, as you connect with Him in a higher and holier way. Let me show you how. Hello, everyone. Hey, I know it's been a while since I've been on here and man, life is gone. (laughs) Life has those seasons of getting busy and when it kind of slows down, right? I don't know what's going on in your neck of the woods, but here I've got a senior that's graduating. So just helping her to just like get through these last two or three weeks of school and not like completely giving up. So that's been Okay. That has not been fun. (laughs) Can I just say that is not fun? Um, But yes, for my high schoolers, they're going to be done in, I think this is their last week of school, I think. And then there's finals. So I'm personally looking forward to that. And then I still have middle schoolers and they are um, on track. So they don't get done until the end of June. So we're all, we're all kind of tired of being tired. We're all tired of school. We're all tired of homework. We're all tired of all of this, (laughs) but, um, my kids are, they're hanging in there and I'm just really proud of them for, for doing what they don't want to do. You know, they get up every day and do what they don't want to do and, and they're hanging in there. So super grateful for that anyway. All right. So a couple of weeks ago, Um, And this is, I posted this on my Instagram, I think, and my Facebook group site where I was running early in the morning and um, the night before it had rained a lot, but the day that I was running that next morning, it was just gorgeous. It was nice and cool. And we actually had some blue skies. It was gorgeous. And as I was running, I um, came to like this canopy of trees and I was running under there and the wind was rustling just at that time. And all these droplets of cold water was just hitting me, which was perfect. Cause I was like hot and sweaty and gross. And I mean, I was loving all of it, but just feeling that those like cold droplets of water felt so good. And I just immediately like opened up my hands to like receive it and to experience it. And as I was doing this, I was thinking about how, just how symbolic it is to, to show outwardly our desire to receive, especially receiving from God and from our savior, Jesus Christ. And we, we ask, right. And we're, and we are commanded to ask, um, and then we shall receive. So, but sometimes I wonder if the asking is in the form of, okay, God, what is it that you want me to receive? What is the gift that you want me to, to open my hands and heart to that you want to give me? What do I need to ask? Right. And one of my favorite things that I love to teach my clients is the power of asking questions that if we are desiring a connection, sometimes we just have to begin by asking a question. And then another question and another question and another question. But as we're asking questions, we're also exercising a faith and belief that we will receive whatever it is that we need, whenever that's going to be. Sometimes it's immediate. Sometimes it's 
it's much later. And I've had many experiences where it has been immediate and it has been several months and several years before I ever received what it is I wanted to receive. I remember a few years ago, I want to say it was like three, no, four years ago when I was starting seminary. And I remember feeling this deep desire to learn how to ask questions. Okay. And so now when you are going through the seminary training, um, you go through these modules on Canva and they teach you elements of, of, of good, of being a good teacher of what it looks like to be a master teacher. And one of them is asking questions and that was great and all, but something in me wanted more. Like I, I felt like I wanted to ask those questions that really spoke deeply into a person's soul. And so I was talking to my mentor and asking him about this. And I just, I couldn't, I could tell that I couldn't express what this desire was and he couldn't like understand it. And so, and he kept saying, well, just go back to the module. I go back to the module. I'm like, I've gone to the back to the module, like five times, you know, <laughs> like I want more, like I, I want more, you know? And, um, but I, I didn't know where to turn to, but I just know that that is something I wanted desperately. And it wasn't until I got into coaching and I went through uh, the certification and I learned from coaching the power of asking deep, insightful questions, like really good questions that have never been asked. And yet they need to be asked because you need to answer them. And so it, yeah, four years, three years, I think it was like three years, it took me three years to come to that realization that my prayer was answered, that now I know how to ask questions and I'm still really like diving into how to ask questions. And a lot of it has to do with the spirit, just really directing me and, and giving me impressions as to the questions that I need to ask that has not yet been asked. And so this is just an example of asking and then waiting to receive. And sometimes it takes a few years, but something um, that has also been impressing me is that as I was really pondering upon receiving and like opening my hands, like actually physically showing to God, I want to receive what it is that you want to give me. I had this idea and this is what I posted is an open hands and open heart experiment. What would it be like if I prayed with my hands open with the faith that I will receive whatever it is that God wants me to receive. And I know that sounds a little crazy because like at our church, we don't really do that. I think other churches, they do that. Like they open their hands and pray that they're receiving prayer. And so when I first did that, oh, I was scared. Not that because I was thinking I was doing it wrong, but it felt so vulnerable to, to pray that way. And it was as if I was like opening myself up, my heart, my soul to the innermost desires of my heart and, and saying, okay, God, I will receive whatever it is you want to give me. I mean, that takes a level of vulnerability. That takes a level of, of faith that I don't think I was allowing myself to go into, right? And I just said, okay, we do this for seven days straight and just see what happens. That's it. And 
it was really interesting what happened as I was practicing, not only opening my hands in a receiving prayer mode, but opening my heart and to see what is in there, to see what God already knew that was in there. And one thing that came up, actually a couple of things that I'll share with you, but the first one was that, you know, um, and I think I share this in, in maybe t- three or four podcasts ago, episodes ago, I'm sorry, where God said, you know what? You don't have to love your spouse anymore. Like I give you permission to not love him. And that was awesome. Cause I'm like, yes, I don't have to do it. This is, I'm totally off the hook. Right. <laughs> and it, it felt like it felt right. It, it felt like, cause before I think I was forcing it in some ways, but just stepping back and be like, you know what? I've been given permission and I'm going to take this permission to not have to love him. And that was really good. Like it was really good because as I think back on hindsight, I had to let go of my perceived love of him to be open to God's way of loving. But I couldn't figure that out until I just completely stepped out of the box that I had created for myself. And what was interesting is that I would remind myself, you know, when that happened, I would remind myself every so often, like, remember, you don't love him. You don't have to. That's awesome. But then every once in a while, I would feel this pull, this innermost, what is it, throbbing that in reality, I did love him. And that, but at that time when those moments would come, I, I would just kind of like shove it away and be like, no, 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 no. I don't love him. I don't have to love him. I'm not supposed to love him. That's, you know, and I would just do that. And this would come up like several times. And when I did this receiving prayer experiment, this open hands and open heart experiment, I finally looked at what was there. That what was really in there was, I really still did love him. But it's kind of changed where I think before my love was tied to a lot of expectations and a lot of like neediness and wantingness from him versus a love that's simply a gift. It's just there that I get to just experience and offer without anything in return. That's it. Isn't that crazy? And it is a different level of vulnerability. It is a different level of openness. It's a different level of believing that God has overcome the world. And I don't need to be afraid because when it comes to safety, when it comes to boundaries, God has my back and he'll show me how to do that. But I can do that without asking for anything without making it transactional, like a transactional kind of love, I think. Like, I don't have to make it transactional. I mean, God doesn't make his love transactional. And let me tell you, I don't, I don't do things right all the time. <laughs> and this brain of mine can come up with the craziest stories that are very not loving and peaceful. And yet God still loves me. Because I think he knows what's deeply in my soul because I keep opening it up and letting him see it. But as I'm opening it up, I'm, it's like, he's holding a mirror 
and he sees what's in me, but then through the mirror, I see what he sees. And sometimes it can be scary, but I'm learning to really embrace the 50-50 part of me, meaning the 50% of me that is loving and joyful and grateful and awesome. And the other 50% where I don't always want to be grateful. I don't always want to be joyful and filled with love, but that's who I am. I am these polarities. I am these contraries. And I get to decide from this contrary intentional choices of how I want to live my life, which now comes to, to today. And something that, that really struck me this morning, again, on my run <laughs> was that as I was running, I had these thoughts come into my mind of my kids and my old coach, Tyson Bradley, which doesn't ever, <laughs> the second one doesn't ever happen, not on a run. But when I had these thoughts of these people, like I was filled with so much love and gratitude and joy. And it reminded me of something that I, I was taught by him yesterday by, by God is that God also feels deeply more so than us, right? He deeply feels gratitude and joy and love and compassion to the point that he, even he cannot hold it in because it's so great. And therefore there is this outpouring, this excess of what he feels and experiences. And when you kind of think about it as water, okay, he can't, he can't hold back the water of joy and gratitude and love and compassion and sorrow and happiness and sadness. Like he can't hold it back. It has to go somewhere. And that's where vessels come in. That if you get to see yourself as a vessel to receive this outpouring, this excess of what he's experiencing, to receive it again and again and again, it can change you. It will change you. And when I came to this realization, I'm like, oh my gosh, that's why I... I experience what I experience. Now, is that doctrinally true? Is that like physically actually true? Did I have a one-on-one -on -one conversation with God? Like he's in front of my face? Like, no. But that was the imagery that was coming up for me. That was the, the thoughts and feelings that were coming up for me. Is that his, his emotions know no bounds. And he is willing to share them with us. He's willing to pour out his own feelings of gratitude, his own feelings of love and joy and compassion and sorrow and sadness. And maybe some frustration, because why not? And pain and pleasure and sorrow, all of that. He's willing to pour that out in us if we are willing to be vessels 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 to hold that in but not just to keep it in like we are meant to take that and then continue pouring that forth it's like it's 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 pouring it forward i guess <laughs> instead of paying it forward is pouring it forward maybe maybe that's what it is i don't know but i that was such 
an amazing lesson for me to learn yesterday. And so when I was feeling all those feelings during my run over my kids and Tyson Bradley, I knew I couldn't just hold it in. So as soon as I got home and I had to eat something, I sent a text message to my kids and telling them how much I love them. I sent a message to Tyson Bradley thanking him and telling him how much I love him and, I, and how much I know that God loves him and how grateful I was. Because as I am receiving the outpouring of God's literal love, then I will be directed to know what to do with it. Now, what does that mean to you as you are going through your own struggles of whether it's post-divorce or pre-divorce or you are divorcing in the midst of it? You are still a vessel. You are a vessel in all aspects of your life. The question is, is there a lid on that vessel that you are unwilling to receive the outpouring love of God? And if that's the case, I want to know why, why have you chosen to place a lid? And you might have a really good reason, right? You might, but is it sustainable? Is it helping you? And I'm thinking that it doesn't. And so what would it be like if you were to just open the lid even a little bit and to begin to receive Receive what it is he wants you to receive. How would that affect the choices that you're making? How would that affect the thoughts and the feelings and what you are manifesting out into the world? I can tell you it would make all the difference in the world. It would. And how you perceive your situation right now, your ex-spouse, your ex-spouse to be, that you begin to see and feel the way God sees and feels. And from there to make the wise decisions. Now that does not mean, and you're probably thinking, no, if I receive love from God, that means I have to stay. And I just want you to know that is not true. Sometimes and many times divorce is the answer. And it does not mean that there is a lack of love from God for you or for your ex-spouse or your kids does not mean that at all. But to, to take a step into the unknown, to take a step into faith and to connect your faith with what it is that you know, what miracle could happen? One of the, the cornerstones that we truly live by in the woman at the well is that we acknowledge the power of God through everyday miracles of seeing the everyday miracles and to know that God is in your life, in my life. And he will be there. He has been there and he will continue to be there for you. Wanting you to receive his outpouring of what he cannot hold. He wants to give to you. And so 
If you want to learn how to do this, if you want to be with other like-minded women who are going through a separation and divorce, who, who are wanting to be vessels and to receive and to follow through, I want to invite you to my spiritual support group of LDS women going through separation and divorce called Women at the Well. And this is based on a woman. And you know the story in the Bible. She went through five divorces, living with a man that wasn't even her husband. And Christ, Christ testifies to her because he saw within her that she was a vessel that was desiring to receive, that was empty. And he poured into her all of his love. And what does she do? She had to, well, she ended up like dropping her own like physical vessel, but she ran because he put inside her, her inner, her inner vessel, living water that caused her to run because of the outpouring that was coming out and gushing out of her. She goes and she starts telling people about who she meets and brings them to Christ. Like that's so crazy, right? She brings them to him. That's what happens. That's what happens when we are vessels filled and continue to be filled with water, everlasting, eternal water. We cannot help but to share it. We cannot help but to tell people about it that's going to affect their life. And so we meet every Thursday, 12 o'clock Eastern. If you are interested, I'm going to put the links in the show notes and I want you to join. Now, every person, every woman that wants to join, you need to have a one-on-one call with me. And this is why I take the, the, um, the confidence or the confidentiality of this, this group very seriously. And, and I want to get to know you and your story and to let you know about the sacredness of this space that we hold. And so book a call with me, book an intro call with me so that we can connect so that I can be a witness to your story and then start coming on Thursdays. Okay. All right. I'll talk to you again. Bye. If you haven't already done so, please subscribe to this podcast today. And if you are an LDS woman going through separation and divorce, I invite you to my free women's group called Women at the Well. And you can find the link in the show notes. And here, we harness our discipleship by asking and receiving personal revelation, seeing and recognizing the power of God through everyday miracles, and to walk the covenant path for a greater conversion with Jesus Christ.